another day. All right, let's ride. Soundproof. I wanted to see. I never used this tripod before, so this little joint come with us. Cause I don't know how loud we gonna have to to talk with this little joint on here, man. So I'm gonna see what's up. I think it got all that bullshit from in the house. <laughs> all that just noise. No, nah, I'm letting. I need a, I need a social. Uh, uh, I'm letting that radio shit ride. Um, do it on the fly. Because <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, bro. I said I was gonna refer to myself as blackout because I didn't want to be um, you know, found out if I say anything reckless. You know, yeah. niggas got jobs. I wonder if this motherfucker's even picking up for real. Well, it's all good. Well, you know, Drew called me old head. Oh, he called, I didn't call everybody old head. <laughs> but, yeah, I, well, shit, it's rocking. So. It's a pleasure, man. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Finally got to the crib. I got this bitch. I ain't even got no flame. Here you go. I got, I got the torch. I ain't got no punch. Oh. Let me go look in the uh, in the I don't even camera. Pen, bro. Like, I don't even buy a pen. I got. 
I'm gonna keep yeah, I'm gonna keep it rolling until you get back. I don't know what we gonna. Uh, I got a couple of topics in my phone here, man. Well, what was the tablet at? Said it was up against the wall behind Bro, I'm fighting everybody, man. Everybody. 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 Everybody got to catch the fade. This is what happens when you with your family. People just do, just do things. You love them to death, but then you want to, if you want to hurt them at the end of the day. Cause this is a craziness. How do I got this set up? I think it's about right. My partner went down to grab me a little, um, little punch for this cigar. So we can do this podcast thing. Usually, you know, hey, no playing this ride, by the way. Blackout. Me and I guess my partner, he going to go by old head today. Um, I'm at home in Duval County, man. And this is where I found out about the Nipsey Hustle shit I talked to y'all about in that last little quick episode. There's been a couple other things that happened since then. But me and bro just finna chop it up. Because um, I'm supposed to be moving to Japan or some other shit. Maybe my last time. At home, so we, it's midnight, what's like, it's like 12.30, and I'm out on the porch waiting for bro to get back. I like this little cigar, a little celebration before we haul ass and get back on this plane. Back out to San Diego. And I, my dumb ass, I pressed the button, started recording, I said, fuck it, I'ma let it ride. Because, um, that's life. I'm not in the car today. I'm just out. We're in the house with the family trying something a little bit different. So hopefully it'll work out. Hopefully it's uh, worth listening to. I'm like, where Brad, man? Shit, because we both tired as hell. We've been running around all day, back and forth, from, from one side of town to the other, just trying to see folks on the last run. and A lot of people I couldn't see, but... And just be like that sometimes when you in a city that's spread out and everybody got their own shit going on. So, just got to make it work the best you can. Cause, I mean, if you travel across country and you end up in your hometown, like, I'm not expecting motherfuckers to beat the door down, but I really didn't go anywhere differently than I would have went before I left. So, for me... If I put in the effort, the time, and the motherfucking money to get somewhere, and I don't see somebody, well, I did 90% of the work. You got the jump, bro? Yeah, you got that big stogie? I just like, are you official with the, with the, with the, with the little cut thing? I, ain't I, got, I got a pen in case you want the pen too. Yeah. Do my thing. Took me a little minute to locate the cutter. I haven't been on the stogie in a while. It's all good, bro. Hey, so. We went on, we talked about it. We, so a lot has happened in this, in this little week since we've been here. But what you want to talk about first, man? You want to talk about anything in the news, anything? Yeah, just I, ratchet this because I would like for this to be ignorant, <laughs> if at all possible. Well, I mean, I think it, it, with all due respect, you got to touch on uh, on Nip. Oh, yeah, I hear that. That was a blow to the hip-hop community. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the other piece just... From a ratchet standpoint, or ignorant standpoint, like, <laughs> just seeing and understanding uh, your thoughts being a guy from the West Coast. Oh, I'm tripping out. That's over here on the uh, East Coast and your home city, see, 
What's wrong with the culture, man? Where we falling short? Well, I think people forget that them boys on the West Coast, just like anywhere else, them boys used to conflict. You know what I mean? And homie or not, they used to handle the shirt a certain type of way. You know, I do feel like what happened happened to Nipsey was some some bullshit. Like beyond anything, and I didn't expect to be feeling it like it is, because usually I'm numb when some shit like this happened to people. Right. Like people, especially you know somebody I don't personally know. I'm kind of dumb to that shit. So I wasn't expecting to still be bothered by it, but. To be honest, like me being from Florida, living on the west, living on the West Coast for a few years, I was actually surprised that this many people in this just in this area was was fucking with bro like that. Cause I had heard, like I had tried to put people on. Like my bro put me on back in 2010, hustling right. the house. So I was telling homie as soon as I found it, I was telling people back home about it. Cause you know that's that's still what I knew. I was out there for school and shit, and then. You know, just learning more about California and the culture and things. Like, it's different than what we do out here. And I wasn't really expecting people to fuck with them like that. And to just see, like, the like the outpouring and everybody, you know, showing them love and shit. Like, I knew he traveled. I knew he did his, his grinding and all that. I just didn't know how real it was across the country. Right. Like, like, I've been living on the West Coast for the past couple of years, so I know he big out there. It's just, he was so real that, you know, people just had to fuck with him. Like, you get everybody want to compare themselves to Tupac, but he was the one that's been, shit, revolutionary, like, i say 90% of the time that at least I've been aware of him. Right. He's been revolutionary. Even when he was on his, um, Bullets Ain't Got No Name, all that early Nipsey shit, his thing was still all money in, no money out, own your shit. You know, he was still doing it like that. So, for me... Bro, to see people um out here get what them was cool, and just with the with what happened to him, bro. And I did like a short little podcast, like showing my appreciation for him. But like what happened to him was just so tragic. But and you realize how important he is once you get you see people rapping him like that. Right. With everything he was trying to do, he was talking about what needs to happen in Jacksonville, like the mentality change, like making it. He could live in the hills and all that shit, but he's still right there where he was from, showing people how to enterprise and shit, you know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. Good. Yeah, absolutely. I will say, I didn't recognize the, um, how many people he touched, how many people was in his music, or his message, until after uh, his passing. I just say, it's, for me, it's disappointing that as a people and as a community, it takes something like that to bring us together. Yeah. Or to, to unite around the message. And then, uh, what we saw on the news today, with young Kodak speaking out against them, you know, Nipsey old lady, the mother of his children. Uh, and since his death, for Kodak to come out and say what he said. Damn. <laughs> hey. Like it, let it ride. Yeah, it's wild. For, for Kodak to come out and say what he said, uh, you know, just young niggas ain't got no home training, man. Yeah. Um, 
I think I think the issue with Kodak is that he made it young and young in age. Like I know he's been he's been doing this thing for a while, but he made it at an immature age, right? Right. So I think in his camp, he is the big homie. He may have some dudes around him, but he's paying all them dudes. Um, and they may be really foreign. They may be like real guys from his neighborhood, but they ain't really checking him, like how to move around in the industry. Because you think about Kodak moved out of, away from Florida because he said himself, he, you know, he'd be on a bunch of bullshit. And he want to deal with a lot of shit. But now you, you make this misstep. So brazen it being from Florida, you make this misstep. You live in Cali. Right. Now you got California problems. Cause it ain't just like it's Crips that's mad. It's Bloods and Crips and just regular people that's mad that this motherfucker got killed. Because right. Nipsey was a bad motherfucker. And him doing that, like, and I want Kodak to win. Like, I want him to win. He's young. He's talented. He's doing his thing. But just him doing something like that lets you know that he ain't really got no big homies, like you said. Like, nobody to, to check him when he does shit until after the fact. Nobody to sit him down until after the fact. It's just that he get out on these on these social media. He start wilding, and I know he young, and he probably feel like he full of that shit. But if niggas kill Nipsey, you know what I'm saying? And you gotta go through L.A. in his own city, in his own city, in front of his, his own, own store. Yeah. And it, I'm just saying, like, if it's even if it's one of his homies, because he been slousing boy this, slousing boy that for a long time, trying to put the team on the people on his label. I don't know if there's anybody from outside Rolling Sixties on Nipsey's record label. People he really fuck with, like really be around. So when you in, in the California in a spot like LA, well you gotta go through that to push your out. You gotta go through that to, to to move and make shit make shit pop in your career if you wanna act or whatever. That's the place to be. That's where all the rappers and shit move out there. In order for you to make it work, you gotta be able to move around the city. Last thing you want to do is be somewhere where it's known for a party spot and just try to be out and then not be able to do that because you can say some shit. I don't know if you remember a while ago, it was like maybe shit almost, it felt like it was almost 10 years ago. Wayne got on his blood shit out of nowhere and then fucked around and said some shit that was disrespectful to Chris. Probably without even knowing it. And then, like, cash money was out there. And the dude that game beat up, the 40 Glock dude, he was out there. Him and, um, I, don't, I forgot what set he from, but 40, when the 40 Glock and the Crips caught Baby and them and surrounded the vehicles and went and let niggas move. Called him lacking. Called him lacking. And he just made, and for somebody, Kodak just making shit more difficult for himself and this, and people uh, probably be more likely to not fuck with him because it's the stupid shit he said in the moment. You know what I mean? I just feel like it's unfortunate. Him and no bitch ass future. First of all, fuck future, man. I can't stand that dude. But mm. future is like, like one dude, uh, Scooter's like, we need more real ones like Nipsey Hussle out here. Then for future to chime in like, yeah, we need more like us. It's like, nigga, what nobody talking to you? You the, you the drug user. <laughs> you Molly Percocet man, mumble man. Dirty Sprite guy, like you don't get to put yourself next to Nipsey Hussle. Now, you want to talk record sales and all that shit and doing tours and all that. Future done all that shit to the max, but you not looked at in the same breath as far as trying to raise up your community. You making music that does the exact opposite. Right. 
It's moving without thought. And it's crazy that you would even open your mouth and you know, feel to say that. Like, I know you got an album out trying to promote, but this ain't the way to do it. But then the, the niggas I see really ride for future, uh, niggas that I know, I like, they uh, they practice selective ignorance. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They, they want to they wanna be smart about one subject, but when it comes to that, they have to tell you, like, I just like that ignorant shit. Well, if you're going to sit there and call Future the GOAT, tell me you like ignorant shit. I'm looking at you like you fucking stupid. You know, bro, trash. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just, this shit he does, like, him, like, he way older than Kodak. You got to know, like, that's not something you should say. You stepping into this man's unfortunate spotlight. Right. And you stepping in, you interjecting yourself in that. You ain't got no place in that. Like, let that man have his moment. Even though he's gone, it's time for you to shut the fuck up. That seems to be a theme in, in hip-hop nowadays, where it's, you know, I, like, one thing I, I, I tell my, my son is 15. If you don't stand for nothing, you fall for anything, right? Yeah. So it's, it's like everything is so focused on securing the bag and getting the money that, the you know, it appears that it's a lot of artists that's willing to sacrifice who they are to get the money and they become who the label want them to be to get them the money. Yeah, for sure. And Nipsey was so big on, you know, owning his own, having control of his own, he didn't have to let the, the labels control him, similar to what J. Cole doing. Like, yeah. you're not going to silence my art, and my art is going to uplift my people. Yeah. Because it ain't necessarily nothing you got to, pour money into you ain't gotta be the richest man like Dipsy wasn't the richest right. by far he but, didn't sell the most records by far right. it, it was his art I think we have more artists in the game now that it's, it's, it's not they are and it's not their message that they they're trying to deliver get out to the world it's more so of what the AR department want my message to be so that it sells so, and I'm willing to do that to get the money to give the perception of success. For sure. Like you say, it's all marketing and getting the return on their revenue and shit. Like I was telling like I was telling you earlier, like I know you looking at it as just like, you know, just the vibe, just the music, whatever, but this is our culture. We selling people. And this is our culture. And we selling people, um like I said it a while ago, Vince Staples said, all black people do, we specialize in selling trauma. Because right. if you look at the shit they talking about, it's all about like even now the kids now it's like the, I call it like in my brain it's suburban rap these kids all talking about being no fucking pills for being depressed and all type of shit like that you know the juice world niggas seeing shadows in his all this shit these niggas seem like they need mental health and I think a lot of us do cause I'm right. some of them guys probably going up in fucked up situations and that's that's their way of getting it out but when you simplify it and you do it you just don't care you like you know you trash you shitting on your own culture and they just see it as, oh, I'm just doing this, having fun. Like, no, this is this is something you should take serious because I tell people all the time, when you are a reflection of the environment in which you live and people that don't know your environment right. will judge that environment by you because they're looking at you as a representative. Right, right. You know, it's just unfortunate that the artist is like, like, rap music is almost like good food, good food and bad food, right? So, mm -hmm. the the fast food shit is easy to get to, 
and you can actually some of it you can get this healthy some of it like it's the wave it's out that's easily accessible you can get to it it's healthy that's like saying okay who dropping albums who coming out who's gonna get promoted whatever like you know Kendrick's gonna come and give you culture you know J. Cole's gonna come and give you some of the culture the art yeah, even yeah, Drake and, uh, and Wale and that's gonna be fire. out there it's convenient you know when they're coming out and then you can get it like, that's like Crit. That's like salad on the McDonald's menu. It's there, but these kids, uh, that costs money. There's no taste McDonald's. for it. Yeah, that that costs money when you go to McDonald's. Now the McChicken sandwich <laughs> is a little pump. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? That's just quick. Oh, that's the quick. Oh yeah. Cheap, I mean the vibe. Easy feel good. Easy feel good. That's the McChicken, the double cheeseburger. All them, them little rappers to me is the McChicken, the double cheeseburger, the shit you could. Oh, without thought. Yeah, that two dollars I can. I can waste that two dollars real quick and move on instead of getting that grilled chicken sandwich, which is gonna do you a little better. You know what I mean? And it's like the the healthy food stores, shit costs a whole lot more bread. Like that, that common, that Lupe fiasco, the shit that's gonna make you think and make your brain do a little something. It's even shit like Nipsey, um, right? It's gonna make your brain do a shit. You got to go to Whole Foods for that shit. You got to go to you know, almost right. all day or whatever. <laughs> but the other bullshit, that's like getting a snack at the corner store. It's right there for you in your fucked up neighborhood. Right. And it's, it's just wild, man. So appreciate the thoughts on Nipsey. So I, w- I want to change gears a little bit. Um, talk about, because, you know, I know this show is, you know, it's respectful of all situations, genders, and we, it's e- equal opportunities, right? Yeah, so yeah. Everybody should equally. So let's talk about the Cardi B bullshit. Oh, yeah. Like, that's... Why does Cardi B get to drug men, rape them, rob them? She never said rape them, really, but yeah. drug them and, and rob them. And we give her less energy than we give Bill, oh, Bill. or Kells. Kells? Kells. Or, or Mike. Oh, well, actually, I, I didn't really dig into it because I was like, I don't even want to get about to that debate. Yeah, like I'm... Certain shit I shy away from, but I was listening to something else, and the guy made a good point. One of the guys made a good point. He said, well, if you were in that situation, you were obviously buying pussy anyway or attempted to. <laughs> so you subjected yourself to this. This wasn't against your will. Like True. Every get, nigga that you, ever bought pussy <laughs> know it could potentially yeah, be a setup. You subjected yourself to this purposely with the, with the thought of you was going to have sex or something like that. Because why else would you be in this situation? Which I didn't even think about because I wasn't even that focused on the situation. But I do think Cardi, um, she's going to get a lot of leeway with this shit because she's lovable. And um, we love to see her have fun and we love to see her make it it's like a success story. Like, like nothing to something rags the riches. But she, I don't think that she was somebody that anybody held like in a, in a space of high character like Bill Cosby was. Cause she don't come off holier than thou. Like I'm Dr. Bill Cosby. We should be doing this X, Y, and Z. She tell you I'm and a stripper. By the way, I, I rape bitches on the weekend. Yeah, I rape bitches on the weekend. Like Steph Curry with the pills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bloop. <laughs> All in that Jello pudding. Like Chappelle says he he saves and he rapes. Or he rapes and he saves, but he saves more than he rapes. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, bro. <laughs> I guess. I mean, hey. It is what it is, but I'm just saying, like, if you look at Cardi B, she tell you, she's a stripper hoe. She, that's what she said coming out. So, it's like, that what she said to me is the type of behavior that I expect from somebody. Why should I like not that. expect a stripper hoe to be robbing niggas? Exactly. Like, if you, if that's, 
if that's what they're known for doing, it's like that's what I that's what I expect. Like yeah. I don't. When yeah. She said stripper, like a hey, stripper. Like, okay, people that dance. You said stripper holding me. I'm like that implied there may be something beyond that. <laughs> so I just kind of assumed whatever well, to secure the bag. Yeah, because anything I've ever heard about prostitutes from watching like hookers on the point and shit like that when I was a jit being sneaky is that sometimes they get robbed, sometimes they rob people. So yeah, I mean I've seen my partner like I've heard well, I've heard stories about my partner like fucking with these bras and like giving them coke for dances and shit like that. I'm like that's crazy, but <laughs> that's that's a that's that's the underworld right. and it's real. Right, but I think uh, she definitely gets a pass because people don't expect her to be on a. They don't. She doesn't have that same prestige attached to it. Like right. Bill Cosby had. Now R. Kelly was just like we knew he was nasty when he married Aaliyah. I've said that a thousand times, and Mike, that was a twenty-year rumor. But like I know you, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold anybody who didn't see that documentary yet to the same. I have, uh, I've yet to see the documentary. I, I would. I would like to check it out, but I don't know what I want to do. I think once the media named him Wacko Jacko, that kind of did it for me. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Bro, because I'm, I'm telling you, I fought it. And I've said it on here a few times. I fought I fought that feeling a long time, watching the documentary. For like the first 95% of it, I was like, man, these motherfuckers lying. But after watching it and just think, sitting there thinking about it and letting that shit marinate. But how dumb was their parents, though? You feel I me? just, yeah, I think... um. The one thing I can say about it, and I'm not trying to give him no pass or cop no pleas for him, I think now we have so much access to, like, celebrities and social media and shit like that, such a look into their lives. I think they were just, like, real, like, um, really enamored, that's the right word, with the fact that he was actually fucking with them. Right. So that's, like, they coming from the age where people would follow rock bands on tours just to, just to do it and shit. So to see the biggest star in the world... Like fucking with your family, I guess they were hypnotized too. Cause the whole the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, it sounds like Mike was trying to fuck with moms, but nah. <laughs> when you get deeper into it, it's like it wasn't the case. And like I always say, it's just too close for me to be like, you know what, you know what, um, he didn't do it, or it's just too close. And I, right. and like I always say, black people we gotta be we gotta be accountable about shit. And we gotta protect our own. And the one, one of the key words I always tell people is value. Like, what do you value? Do you value what you what you like or do you value what's right? Right. Because people will look at evidence and be like, well, it's obvious that um, a certain politician in a certain very high office, it's obvious that this guy's a moron based on the evidence we have, this, that, and the third. I'm like, yeah, it's obvious. This guy's this, that, and the third. But then you get obvious evidence to get somebody like um, R. Kelly and Michael Jackson. You want to fight it and, and not believe it. Because you like them. It's like that cognitive dissonance shit that they talk about. You know about it, but the evidence is there, but because of your emotional attachment to it, you are unable to separate and accept that this individual is fucked up. Right. So you make excuses for it and shit like that. Makes sense. Yeah. But I know it's something I want to talk to you about. And, um... Mainly because you live here, and I've seen you. Like I went with you, and while you uh had a meeting, so being a black man from a with your background, you know what I mean. Like I watched your grind. Right, uh, like right. I watched you go through school and work and and progress. Right. Like, how do you feel 
as a black person that has the the ability to um I don't know if you ever heard the term. I know you familiar with what I'm talking about though. The code switch. Uh, you yeah. can be in the room and you can you we can speak a certain type of way and then you can speak in the corporate way and make it work. How right. do you feel on a day to day basis? <clears throat> and let me get this off real quick. Knowing you bust your ass, right, go to work every day and uh do your thing. And that background noise is the fan on vacay, so <laughs> deal with it. Um you uh go to work every day, provide for your family, got a good woman who does the same right and then we go as we travel throughout the city you see people that just look like you know they just gave they ceiling is low right when you being able to move and live in both worlds how do you feel about that and just in Jacksonville you can see it is <clears throat> is I mean if I'm a, if I'm gonna be 100 it's a little disappointed I won't say disappointed it's disheartening more than anything being that I'm not originally from Duval. I done been here 14 years, so this is my home now. This is where Duval I said, now, nigga. Right. <laughs> this is where my family, my, my my kids born here. You know, so I'm I'm from the Bangor. Feel me? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like just being somewhere different, growing up somewhere different than being here. But seeing the same, I say the same mindset, our mentality to approaching to approaching the system is disheartening because we all we all know there's a system. You know? Yeah. And I get that it's tough to to make certain decisions when you're in certain life situations, but <clears throat> just grind no matter what it what it is or how you do it, just grind. And so it's oh damn. Let's keep rocking man. We can't do shit about it. It's, it's Florida so, man is hot A C. So for me <clears throat> Especially being in Duval and knowing the, the imprint that our community have on the city. It's like if we could flip it and do something positive, how much more could we accomplish? So it's disheartening going to work or, you know, going throughout my career and coach shifting back and forth because I can't speak on my culture positively without it being associated with something negative because whenever you cut on news is negative shit coming from the community and that's all they think that the culture is. The culture is bigger than that. Yeah. Like within every culture, or with every community, with every neighborhood, you're going to have your, your good areas and your bad areas. But because of the effects of, of slavery and Jim Crow, our culture is always frowned upon and it's just heartening when we just see people perpetuating the, the stereotypes of what the beliefs of our culture is when there's an opportunity to do something different. Yeah, I, and I'm, that's something I struggle with, bro. And, um, you know, I, I don't live here right now, and I'm still on my, like, I want to come back and figure out a way to save the city when I can come back and actually settle in this motherfucker. I, I need to do something, be involved in the community. I don't give a damn if I'm a history teacher or whatever. <laughs> like, I talk, shout out to my homeboy Jeremy. Shout out to him, because he, he talking about going to being a sociolo- sociology professor. Tell so you can come back and teach us why we fucked up. Right, right. Things that like shit like me and you understand. It just everybody don't have that knowledge and everybody like, people don't care. And it's like I came home on the vacay and I'm going around the same areas I used to be around. I'm sliding through you know particular spots and it's just like I'm just seeing people 
moving a certain way, like people just seem depressed. Like it ain't shit going on. Like right, right. Shit moving slow. It's like we five years behind certain things. Like right. Like I, it's like I don't even know what to call it. Right. Then I go to um, not to not to you know to downplay the neighborhood, but I went to a certain neighborhood. I got some banging ass chicken, trap house chicken, out there just stinging. I just saw a few people just at the store, and I'm like, I love my folks, man. And I don't know if these guys had got off work early and they were just hanging up, hanging out at the store or whatever. Right. But like certain people in certain areas, sometimes people just do that shit. Just be at the store and on the corner somewhere and just don't be doing shit. Now these guys could have got off work. I don't know them personally, but the the perception of that shit is that motherfuckers be at the corner store doing dirt or just hanging out all day long, not really doing shit. Right. And I'm like, damn, I don't know what they're talking about, but it just, it looks like kind of productive. And, it's, and it's, you see people and it seems like they ceiling is so low. And I, and I can tell, like, we, we both been around the street we can tell. Right, right. Like I can see people trying to move in an intimidating manner, just you knowing somebody. Right. Is on that shit, and I'm walking. I'm sitting in the car, and um, shit, shit looks sketchy. Shit, shit looks, looks sketchy. Shit looks sketchy. So, I ain't from there, as of you know, right now. Like I used to be there back in a long, long, long time ago, in the '80s at my auntie house. I used to be out there and shit. But I would go back and forth every now and again. But like I'm just out there, and nobody really knows who I am. So I'm getting, my, I get my food and shit. I bust down in the parking lot, right? And I get to eat, cause like. Right, like I'm from here, from here, like you know what I'm saying. Maybe not that particular area, but I'm from here. I right. feel safe, and I'm just watching. I'm watching youngest just move around and like seeing who or what, this, that, and the third, and just kind of watching and looking how how these cats moving. And I can see this cats just strolling like, yeah, this is my block. Like I know what he, I know what's in his brain the way he moves. He walk around, he's smoking his black. He got this look on his face like I wish a motherfucker would. I'm comfortable, right. I'm at home, and it's just like, I know what that feel like, and I know what it looks like, and I'm just like, damn, bro, your ceiling is way higher right. than that. Big way. fish in a small pond. Yeah, and that's why I was, I was always saying, the world is, the world is, your world could be as small or as big as you make it. Like, when I was here, bro, in Jacksonville, not really moving around, from fucking University Boulevard, to Beach Boulevard, to Monument, Towns and all that, Southside and all that, that was my whole world. Right, right. Like, I didn't go beyond that. Where we at right now, I would have never even came out here, bro, because it's like, I just didn't feel the need to. And it sticks. It's like, yeah, but it's nice out here. But yeah. I'm thinking, like, that's my whole world. And then I got right. out, and I do what I do for a living now, and I move around, and my <laughs> world got, it got so much bigger, and then it got smaller after I went out and seen some shit, because I realized people are more connected than we understand Right. when we're, you at where I was at. We're more alike than we are different. For sure. We never venture out of our own comfort zones to experience mm -hmm. that. I think, you know, you look, if you go to the north side, you know, Jacksonville is a big city, but it's, and unless you have, you know, reliable means of transportation, there's some people that's probably never been to certain areas of this city. A certain, are the surrounding counties, you know? Shit, I'm one of them. Like, I didn't see a lot until I got on the bus and just moved around for the so, job. A lot of it is just getting out of your comfort zone. Like, for me, even being, what what drove me to Duval was getting out of my comfort zone so that I could grow. And yeah. it's, it's interesting because I, I got a lot of partners. I got a lot of homies that 
back home, this they not where they should be because they they was afraid to take that leap of faith. But I think it's it's even harder for this generation now because you know they leap of faith is becoming the next the next Cardi B yeah. or the next Nicki Minaj or the next Young Dolph or you know who, whoever it is and it's like we and I think that's the thing that's most hardening like they this, this generation don't aspire to be anything except for entertainers or athletes or ball players and so in my mind that's just putting on a monkey suit in a different way yeah I feel you and you own less of yourself in those type of roles because of the money that they taught to you to keep you keep you chained. Yeah, I feel you, bro. And I think the ceiling is, is they the ceiling is so low because um, we just don't we don't see outside our own situations. And then sometimes when you people do see outside their situation, they tend to sh- they shy away from it because they feel uncomfortable. Like. Comfort is easy, you know. Being uncomfortable is not, but sometimes you have to be uncomfortable in order to achieve a level that allows you more comfort. Right. And that's what. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's what I was talking. I tell. You, I was talking to the dude last night, and like I, I'm at the beach at um what was it Ragtime somewhere? We out at yeah Ragtime Beach, Atlantic Beach somewhere, and um it's beautiful, beautiful, nice, nice night. Lots of white people out there and. Just we just out drunk there, like, ass white drunk ass too. white people having a ball, and we like two of the only black dudes out there, and we just we just out here moving, and I, I'm like I told you earlier, like I'm had a conversation. Well, I think I told the the queen that I had a conversation with somebody. I'm sure is a millionaire, but what he told me, I'm pretty sure he's a millionaire, and shit, he sees the problem. But his thing is, he's from the northwest side, and he's. He wants to know to know a way to fix it, but he just he don't realize he feels the same way that I feel. Right. I had to explain to him like when I'm walking to this bar, right? Even though me and bro happened, we had a good old conversation that night. I feel like it's all eyes on me, and that people don't really want me here, and that um, mm-hmm. this they're maybe waiting for me to do something the wrong way because I'm one or two black people in this bar, right? And it's like. I'm not out here to, to do anything, but when I when I walk in there, I'm already on guard. And his thing is, if he goes over and tries to facilitate change on the northwest side, with him being the white guy that lives out at the beaches, like, is he gonna? Are people gonna automatically assume that he's on some racist shit? Right. And I had to kind of to explain that to him, like, even if you you try your hardest, you may not have the time, but you running the business and having the family, because the mentality is that that motherfucker's out there trying to help you but when he leaves somebody gonna shit on you for dealing with this guy because the mentality is so crazy i'm not talking about just north i'm talking about this city as a whole right because i had the same mentality it's like i'm not i'm not fucking with bro i don't know him right but then as you you grow in this world and you go out and you see things you um you realize that man the more you talk to people and the more you shut the fuck up and listen right one the more you learn and I think, really, the sickness we have in this city is that people are comfortable not realizing their potential because what's what's looked for here is to be famous in the hood or in the street, on the street level, 
the notoriety in that because mm-hmm. the the hood in this city drives so much of the culture, whether it be music, fashion, trends, whatever. Right. It all comes from the hood. So right. even the people who live in better circumstances are looking to that as the next thing to do. So motherfuckers will piggyback on the bullshit that goes on in other neighborhoods just because they want to be on the scene. Right. And that fucks a lot of shit up. You know what I mean? Because right. the niggas getting shouted out on the radio a lot of the time. The people from across the bridge. They're having the parties on the other side of town. Right. And if you want to be involved in that, it's like it, you feel left out. So what people do is copycat shit. And it makes it easy for that mentality to seep over to other neighborhoods and shit like that. And it's like, hey man, do your thing, get it how you live, but we are worth more than the effort we put forth. Because I think motherfuckers are scared of failure and happy to be comfortable in this situation. Because if you look at, you got people, the generations <coughs> living in neighborhoods that's fucked up. Right. Well, we got to get, we got to get past the me first mindset of, I made it, I'm balling, I'm getting money. We got to get to the point where, okay, I made it, I have a network, uh, I have access, I have money. How can I help my brother make it as well? We got to get to the point where it's more of us seeing each other as brothers and seeing each other as haters and fuck niggas. <coughs> and... And fuck niggas that, that want to see me see me fall and that's decide to get me. And we gotta we gotta stop hating and and embracing people's success. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that's and, big. And and as you embrace that success, you know your brother can pull you up. You look at how large the city is, how big the African American community is, mm-hmm. how big hip hop is. A lot of lot of young buzzing hip hop artists. Yeah. And there's no reason we shouldn't be able to replicate what Atlanta's replicating from a uh, black-owned business and, and just having a thriving African-American community and, and culture that's helping drive this city. Yeah. And as close as we are to Atlanta, we should be able to partner with them to get something going. Yeah. My, my thing, the, oh, go ahead. Run the most brain. challenging part is just this, this young generation. It's, it's no respect. It's no loyalty. Yeah. Is is no understanding, it's no reasoning. They just me, me, me out there. It's like a whole generation of fucking sociopaths, bro. Yeah. I feel you. And I look at that and I'm like, we could link with Atlanta. We could link with Miami. Maybe even Tallahassee, but I'm like and I will exclude Tallahassee, but I'll be like, Why the fuck should we, bro? If you look at this is a big city, it's a lot of people here. And if you look at like the Bay Area, right? The Bay Area rappers, even when they, they had their little hyphy movement that popped for a little bit, and then that shit went away. But the dudes from the Bay, like the big rappers in the Bay, are still able to generate funds and revenue, and and um, they put their music out, and they got like a niche audience, right? Right. But they able to, to sustain themselves as an as a area, as a community, whatever, because there's unity there. You know what I'm saying? Like right. they're able to come up. So even when they when they got tapped to uh, to blow up and do their thing, they kind of did their shit. And now uh, the thing with the Bay is kind of fucked up. People kind of stole their sound and and moved it around a little bit. But they still, Mr. Fab, E40, Short, all the boys out in the Bay. One time for Mac Dre, rest in peace, is that they still 
were able to maintain and do what the hell they wanted to do. They're not even really listening to shit from outside. Right. Because, right. like, it, like it's cool. Yeah, they hear it, and it's cool. Like, yeah, but they got their own, right. they own shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? They don't sound their own thing. But Duval could be the same thing. Why not? We too busy copying other motherfuckers and trying to, to trying to ride their coattails. Like, no, like, make this city the spot. Right. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to everybody who got, I believe, in Duval shirts on. And there's, there's people here that want to make this city great. D-W- people. D-D-T-W-D. Yeah. You got damn right. Yeah, Duval yeah. till we die. There's people here that, that want to do it. It's not all negative, so I don't want nobody to think that we just shitting on it. There's a lot of people here that are entrepreneurs and, like, promoters and all that shit. And it's cool. I'm glad promoters and all that are out there, but I want to see the lawyers and the doctors and the policemen and all that shit and whoever else is doing something to change the community. I want to hear their names, too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or at least know right. the organization. So if I want to help somebody out, like the dude I was talking to last night, like the, the business owner and shit, yeah. like he, he gave me his number, like, hey, man, if you're really serious about making a change, hit me up. Right, like I'm like shit. I do whatever I can. I'm not gonna really be here. I'm gonna move around. I ain't gonna really be here like that. Right, but that don't mean I won't bump into somebody or find out about somebody else, and maybe I could connect them that way. Because I want right. to see shit change. And it's people that that want to do it. It's just that people have to actually go about doing it. Right, and accepting that challenge. But it's hard. Like being back here and actually being in the city and just seeing the struggle that's on people's faces out here, bro. Right. It's hard, like. Well, the thing that's frustrating is when you, that that's only one section of the city. For for every five people that had a struggle on their face, there's ten more that's in a, that's traveling, adventuring to a different part of the city to enjoy what the city has to offer. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot that the city have to offer. What are we doing to maximize it and take care of it? And my concern is, you know, with the way 45 handling everything, a lot of these programs that are um, access to certain things to keep generations in place in certain areas, it's gonna go to it's gonna go away. So we're really at a crucial point where we gotta step up. Yeah. We gotta step up, or we gonna we gonna be phased out. For real, that's real. But then motherfuckers be like, I don't want to, shit ain't going to change, I ain't going to vote, shit never change in the community. It's because motherfuckers like you don't vote. All the little stupid shit, I ain't able to harass you, how we got this fucking stand around law, all this shit. People got to vote on that shit. And when you got a base that's riled up by big politicians and shit, and they got people scared and shook, and they see they getting the upper hand, they going to go out and they going to mobilize and they going to vote and they going to get the people out in the streets to pass the laws that's going to benefit the guys that are currently in office. And these same values are getting passed down to these people's children. You seen the um, I don't know if you seen the while back when the boy had when the, that group of kids had on those Make America Great Again hats. Right. They all had them on. Like these motherfuckers can't even vote yet. So right. these values that are out there, they're getting passed down to people who are um, fucking 14, 15, 16. Right. In the next few election cycles, they're gonna be able to vote, and they gonna they, they know not to pay attention to local elections. You seen what happened with um the goddamn Tea Party. Right. The Tea Party infiltrated the Republican Party. Right. And they had issues within themselves because that mentality got pushed down from the parents. And when the youngest were able to vote and able to do shit, they got some of them motherfuckers put in the Congress. Right. So it's just, why can't other people do the same thing? And you got people like, you got black conservatives that spend all this time on the road 
going to these colleges, talking to black kids and colleges and shit. That's and black and white kids or whoever in these colleges and shit. That's cool. I'm with that. Go talk to them. You, you a black person that can, that can speak well, present yourself, represent yourself well, regardless of political affiliation. That's cool. Go out there and talk to them. But my thing is, the people that don't go to college vote as well. The people that may be struggling, they they can vote as well. So when you gonna go fucking talk to them? You talking that? The majority of us, they don't fucking talk right. to us. Right. That's the fucking problem. Go to the hood. Go to the, go to some of these other neighborhoods. And yeah, you might get fucked with and all that. But if you're persistent about it and you keep going, your message will be heard. And if, if we need to do like what Candace Owens says, blex it. If we need to blex it, stop yelling and acting like an asshole and right. try to please these white people who paying you and um, do something to actually lift your fucking community. Right. And then maybe you can get some of this uh this black people money and you can get support from your black people if you want if you feel like black people should lead the democratic party but the way you go about moving and talking at us instead of to us is part of what's fucking it up because if you really want to help us you need to be able to go out there and be on the block and maybe you need to be able to cold switch back so that you can communicate with us in a way that's going to engage us well i think that's where the, the root of the problem is is there there's a, a, a lot of, I would say, politicians and just um, white America that doesn't understand the African-American culture um, and, or how minority cultures overlap in, in uh, good, bro. how they overlap in a lot of ways and taking the time to understand will be beneficial and be helpful to bridge that gap. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times it's just a matter of looking at what data or research shows you how to internet or how to collab, how connect to the culture, or how to be perceived on television. But if you take the time to really connect and understand the culture, it'll make things a lot easier and, it, and it'll, it'll help bridge the gap. Yeah. So many times it's not about understanding the culture, it's about telling us why we shouldn't feel a certain way or have a certain opinion or have a certain... Um, idea our approach but you're not even seeking to understand where we're coming from yeah 100 like i i can't accept the fact that i can't tell you how it feels to be white and how i can't tell you how it feels for somebody to assume that i'm a racist based on some shit i may have said that may not have meant in that way or some way the way i may have looked or the way or who i align myself with politically i can't tell you how it feels to be a white person maybe looked at as a racist because of that and and somebody could be completely wrong about you. And I can accept that. But what I need motherfuckers to understand is that I don't understand, what I don't understand is like how I can accept that. But people can't accept how me as a black person, I feel affected by shit I didn't go through directly, but shit I've seen my people go through as far as like uh, slavery, Jim Crow, the civil rights shit, dogs being sick on people, people black people just treated badly. And when, when all I got is negative images of me on TV, how the fuck do you expect me to react? Right. Like, right. You making me the enemy to myself. When you see somebody in a certain situation, you making me feel bad about myself. I don't even know this motherfucker because of the way we, we portray. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the only goal is to be what you see. Right. For a lot of people. And if you don't have positive influence and you watching TV and you watching all this other bullshit and you on world stars like what other influence do you have right and a part of that a lot of that is on us as black people is that we 
we gotta we gotta modify our value system a little bit. And we gotta stop buying and accepting the images that sold to us. Mm-hmm. Are the stereotypes that sold to us like? If you articulate well and you you, you you speak well, then you speak white, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of that's fear. I think a lot of that is um, a person like that can't, can't effectively at that time code switch. Right. Feeling like you are um, communicating to them in a way that puts you at a level above them. It's like an angry reaction to something like, oh, you act like one of them. It's like, no, I have the ability to live in both worlds. You are struggling right. to get to where I can be or you don't, you have not experienced other, you haven't had other encounters with people and seen that. Right. Hey, outside of your neighborhood, you black, I'm black. There's different types of black people. We aren't all the same. I don't think a lot of us know that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially when you're young and you and you encapsulated in your bubble, and I think that's what a lot of the issues in Duval are, is that a lot of us live in the bubble. Like, we live within our own networks and shit, and um, that bubble is thick. That's not a bubble you can easily burst. You know what I mean? Right. And it took me to just a chance encounter to be around somebody and just to get a piece of that knowledge dropped in my lap for me to understand that there's a different line of thinking other right. than what's here. That once I did that shit, it, it opened up the world to me and I, I had to embrace it and I was able to to look at things with a different point of view other than the shit that's put in your face all the time. So I think the more that there's people out there doing that, the better off it will be. Just You ain't got to follow whatever new line of thinking is presented to you. Right. But just know it's there. Awareness. So is that selling out? Like is is cold shifting consistent considered selling out? Like, are you no longer keeping it real because when you got around somebody that wasn't um, from the community, I wasn't a part of culture that you you started to articulate differently, or you felt that you had to carry yourself in a different manner? Nah, because because you have to be able to to survive. Like, you're not only going to encounter your people, right? And Unfortunately, right now, when you go into the the upper echelon of these um of these businesses and these corporations, or even even if you want to start a business or corporation, you probably gonna have to deal with people outside of your situation. Right. And in order for you to be able to effectively communicate, that's well, in order to effectively communicate, that's going to be something you're gonna to have to do. So you need to master your shit if you're gonna be a small business owner, or if you want to perform a certain task or craft or whatever. You need to be able to do that so that that's power. You can go into that situation right. and manipulate it because what you can do is receive information, get information, pass information to other people, and then take what you learn back to somebody else. And that way you increase the amount of people that look like you at some point in the same industry you're in, and it's shit, it's survival mode. It's a survival tactic. and. Right. One of the things I, I like to always tell people is that we have, or uh, shit, or we seem to have a survive versus thrive mentality. That that little piece of like survival is part right. of the thrive. Like niggas don't want to thrive. Like you thriving right now. Right. You put in the work to thrive. I'm trying to thrive. I'm making strides. I wouldn't 
I'm semi-successful in what I'm doing. By, by my estimation, I'm semi-successful in what I'm doing. But a lot of people here are in survival mode and don't even know it and they're numb to it because in the environment, right. everybody around them is in survival mode, finding different ways to get over and shit. You got baby mamas and baby daddies claiming kids on the income tax and not giving the other one a chance to right. claim that, you know, just, just not communicating, fucking each other over, people trying to fuck over um, shit, the government to get a sense of for something, just trying to make shit easy instead of, hey, you know what, I know we need, like, we need this assistance, but let's manipulate it a certain way so that it's to our benefit. And right. it's from, you know, parent to child saying, hey, you see me struggling on this on this assistance, trying to trying to make my way. This is something I don't want you to have to do. I want you to be able to make your own way to get it on your own so you're not in the same situation that I'm in. Right. You get what I'm saying? So it's, it's a survive versus thrive mentality. Like, either you want to just survive and do the bare minimum and get by and be comfortable with we're living in fucked up situations or right. you want to get out of that and be away from it and you don't want your and you want your kids to be in a better situation than you were. Even if you're successful. Like, yeah, I made it here. Like I made it halfway through the pyramid. Well, I need my kids to make it fucking three quarters of like, you know, seventy five percent of the way to the top so that they kids can make it to the top of that motherfucker. Because people bullshit and complain about the one percent, but who doesn't want to be in the one percent? Right. You know what I mean? Like I want to have stupid money problems like that, to right. where I gotta hire lawyers and accountants and all that shit. But I may be the first stepping stone, and that's just something I have to um, I have to accept because I feel like I'm doing better than my parents. Right. And when I first realized that, I felt bad. I'm like, damn, they kind of raised me. I don't, and they kind of fell on hard times and shit. But now I'm out here, I'm doing a little bit better. I'm, I'm progressing. I got my family in a good spot. My daughters in the, we live in a decent area. Schools are good. Um, right, right. I'm in right. a situation where my wife can't work if she wants, but it's easier if she doesn't. And we still afloat. We still able to, to do certain things. It's like, man, it's fucked up. I'm doing better than my parents. Then a couple of years ago, I looked at him and like, no, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at. Right. This is what they wanted for me. Right. Because if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, then that means. They fucking failed and didn't do what they supposed right. to do. And they did exactly what they supposed to have done. Right. So now I got to do that by my kids. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I, I and, and maybe that's where we're falling short. I, I, you know, we all be caught up on our own personal individual success. It's like, dude, for, for those of us that have families that started families, one of the things I accepted is I may never, I can shoot for it, but I may never be that entrepreneur that started a business and you know I may never be the next um Bill Gates or what's the, the the Amazon guy Jeff Bezos Jeff Bezos I may never be that but am I am I positioning my children to be two to three steps ahead of me am I bringing my generational wealth out of the, you know the the children from my loins bro am I, am I bringing them closer to getting to that mountaintop and if I can say yes if that's my lot in life to just grind and work myself to death to give them a platform then that's my lot in life and I accept that I think in the community is is I love the fact that we have the the uh the Jay-Z's and the Beyonce's are the, the people are the nips you know R.I.P. nip uh, we, we have those people that have have made it and investing back in the community and their children are going to be taken care of but just on the average you know street nigga or you know 
corporate thugging type situation, are we accepting like our lot in life may not be to to shine and floss on everybody, but to bring that next generation closer to closing the gap and becoming part of the one percent? Yeah, and that's that's exactly why somebody like Nipsey Hussle was so important because he like I made it, but I didn't make it until some of y'all make it until some of y'all see how to make it. We talking about trying to bring. Venice Beach to Crenshaw, you talking? You trying to bring Silicon Valley to you know uh, South Central? That's big dog shit. Right. That's telling people like, hey, your ceiling isn't low. You don't just get to go to the first floor. You can go to the fifteenth floor if you want. You just have to to unlock unlock that potential in yourself and see it like and and have a dream other than this. Like if you, but if you want to go flip burgers, that's cool. But why not own the restaurant? Right. You know what I mean? So you can put all the motherfuckers on the flip burgers and, and you can tell them, hey man, I wanted the flip burgers too. Now I own a restaurant. Why don't you go do it? And sometimes people are anomalies. Sometimes people are just special. They have a special, they have a different level of grind, different level of tenacity. They have a different level of intellect and right, dedication. Right, right. But that doesn't mean you can't try to spark the mind of somebody else like Tupac said like I, I I will spark the mind that would change the world right that's a bold statement for him to make and he died at 25 so give me Tupac at 40 in front of low for men really don't fully develop till 25 so you great point you know what I'm saying you know, and, a Tupac with a full frontal load that's insane especially with the things that are going on now just imagine Tupac standing next to Jay-Z now we, now we know back hip hop history they had odds, but had never really met. Just imagine them coming up parallel and at some point being able to stand next to each other. And with uh, the way that Jay-Z moved and he did things and he has been able to to fail and be outspoken and, and say things. And people say, oh, he was just a drug dealer. But yeah, he was a drug dealer, but this is the same guy that donated a million dollars to Katrina. You know who else donated a million dollars to Katrina? The NFL. Who pays motherfuckers billions upon millions of dollars donated one million dollars to right. the Katrina but Jay-Z one person donated a million dollars this is the same motherfucker that when that Columbine shooting happened in uh, Colorado mm -hmm. he mm -hmm. was on tour he donated all the proceeds from that from that concert right back there but, but motherfuckers would get on Fox News and say oh he's just a drug dealer when this man changed his life like going on 30 years ago right and he's been uh, making millionaires since and been helping people along the right. way since. And like, when people, people in the community, in the culture, as they say, look at Jay-Z, they don't see him as a criminal. Like right. a young black man does not see him as a criminal. They see him as a businessman. And that's the important part that a lot of these motherfuckers that try to argue against him leave out because they look to discredit him as being a successful, outspoken black man who supports politicians that they don't like. But that just goes to show you that's great, but I wish we had some judges and some lawyers and doctors with the same notoriety. I love that Dr. Cornell West is well known. I love that Michael Aaron Dyson is well known, but not to somebody 15. Right. And that's the shit I want to change. Like, where are our philosophers at? I'm looking for a black philosophy podcast as we speak. I can't find it. Somebody knows, please tell me. Because that's what I want to listen to. If I type in philosophy, I guarantee I can find a white person. I think part of the challenge is when you get into the people that are talking on philosophy and that are in the culture, for some people, 
I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for nobody else. I'm the only motherfucker on the podcast with you, but for, for me, when you get to the philosophers, they go a, too, a little too far militant, like Umar Johnson, for example. When I first got exposed to Umar, like, okay, you know, this brother's on some stuff, but then it started going far left and far right. And it's like, yeah, I feel you. we can thrive and be successful without having to you know, exterminate or extinguish our oppressor. It's just a matter of like, once you learn the game that's being ran, adjust to the game. Yeah. Play the game better than they play the game, you know? Yeah, and for him um, be- don't don't be the Patriots. Yeah. Don't don't go in and look at the hand signals and <laughs> allow the refs to the refs to give you the calls that that you don't deserve to get. Miles Jack wasn't down. No, not at all. <laughs> for um, real. I just want to go on record saying that, like. Yeah, I th- I think that we what we need is not one person, but multiple. I would like to see all of them on one on one page. Yeah, that's yeah. That's pisses me off. Like, I would like to see all of them on one page. All the people that have all this influence, I would like to see all of them on one accord. And I understand right. black people got to get their money, but if hidden colors is so important, that like, that shit needs to be on Netflix streamable. I understand you got to get your cheese. People got to be paid, but the people you interviewed on there, that shit needs to be accessible. Right. Like, even like, it, even with the ancestry, the African DNA shit, like, that's cool, but you really want people to pay $300 for this shit? And I understand what you're saying, the services and all that, the third, I get it, it's extensive, it's deep, cool, but, yo, $300 for some shit I can get $59? What am I going to do? I don't have the money. Right. To pay the three hundred bones to go to go make it accessible for the the section of the community uh, that needs to be reached and it needs to understand that at a different level. Like let let us be great too, because all of us ain't got three hundred bones to spend on some shit that a lot of us probably, quite frankly, won't even believe in. Like this, it's crazy. But I would like to see people like you said, um, like Omar Johnson, on one accord. Like going out, you talking, you. Are you doing that? But what's the effect? Like, where's the school at? Right. I understand things don't. You talking about you got the money set aside for the school. Where is the school? Right. I'm not questioning your intent. I'm questioning the result. And have you gone so far that you have alienated people? Everybody ain't ready for the straight boom that that message that you put it out hard that way because black people are layered and because somebody ain't fucking with your message because of the way you present it don't mean you a coward. No, it means that maybe for your long-term benefit you got to curtail it or maybe wean people into what you got to say but we still have to learn how to we have to be able to live in this world with other people right and that's the right. thing is like you want us to be able to you know to live in the world and be positive and prominent black man i'm all with that but in order for us to get our infrastructure all the way together, we need to be able to move around and be with other people. And that's why I love Killer Mike. Because Killer Mike will give you the ripple. Killer Mike's Killer Mike. Yeah, he's not just going to not fuck with white people. We like, no, that's not the case. Like, he's a, I think he's a, a realistic, a realistic philosopher. Right. You know, and um, the way he does it is that he's going to break it down to you as simple as it can be. He's going to be honest with you. Right. He's trying to, he's very pro-black, 
not anti-white. And the message he puts out is like, it's, I think it's able to, to be received well by all races. Right. Unless you're sensitive to it. And I think that's why that uh, that show he did, that trigger. Oh, you watched tr Trigger Warning? Trigger Warning, yeah. I watched it. Trigger oh. Warning was such a great show because anybody can look at that and laugh at it and see what it is. Right. There's some satire involved, but there's also some real messages in there. Right. Like, right. I want Cripple Cola. Like, I want it. Like, you know I what I mean? I was supported in my city, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just that, hey, we can, we can do things to change. It's just we have to put it out in a, a way that's, that's, that's not targeted at just one certain set of black people. We, some, some, some black people are Christians. Some black people are Muslims. Some black people are atheists. Some black, some black people are Jehovah's Witness and right, Buddhist right. and all that. Like. Put out in the blanket way, or a group of people come together and put it out in a way that it could be fucking on a greater scale than it is now. But you know, Molly Perkins said, Molly Perkins said, "That's this this generation, man. We want quick, quick results, and you know, instant gratification, and it's you know, it's, it's gonna be a grind to to churn." change the ship and, and turn it in the right direction. I think it will happen though at some point. Now we may not see it the full the full length of it um while we're in this age bracket, but I right. think we'll see some of the remnants because at this point bro we people are intermingling more and more and more and right. more and more. Right. And we're starting to see um less and less real black families. Yeah. And even even that, it's just like, just people are being willing to be next to each other, like black and white or whatever. We, we'll be next to each other. We are listening more. And I think a lot of that extremist shit is on the outside fringes of society, but it, it's pumped up because the media's got to make their money too. Right. Yeah. Where do you think? But let's, hey, bro, let's, uh, let's shut it down, man. All right, man. To be continued. We'll do this again. But as always, appreciate y'all listening. If you happen to listen. Hit me up, noplanishride at gmail.com. Noplay247 on Twitter. Check the merch. <laughs> capital N, lowercase O, capital P, L-A-Y. It's your boy Blackout. There's the homie old head. Sitting out here smoking cigars, drinking drinks, doing things. Duval County, we got to get our shit together, man. It's a hard, long process, but... It can be done. It will be done. I may not see it, but it will get better. Y'all be real. Be trail out there. Peace.